Vox Quick Hits. Democrats in control of Congress and the White House is a big deal. It could be a much bigger deal if it weren't for the filibuster. It's standing in the way of a lot of the Democratic agenda on issues like voting rights and gun control and climate. Bottom line, do you think there is a practical vehicle by which you and your colleagues can get us a rise in the minimum wage this year? Do you think it can happen? Well, of course it can happen if we just get rid of the filibuster. Watch what's happening. Mitch McConnell right now has a veto over our being able to do anything unless we can twist ourselves into pretzels and make it fit through reconciliation. And so now the parliamentarian has said, sorry, that pretzel won't go in the bag. Pressure is growing for Democrats to scrap the filibuster altogether. But not everyone's on board. As long as it's in place, there are going to be a lot of limits on what Congress can get done. Vox's Andrew Prokop is here to explain what's up. So, Andrew, what exactly is the Senate filibuster? So, practically, what the filibuster is, is it's a requirement that for almost any bill to pass the Senate, it needs 60 votes to advance past the filibuster. When the Senate is considered something, they're debating on something. And to cut off debate on a measure the majority files for what's known as cloture. And the filibuster is basically an attempt to continue debate rather than cut it off or to reject moving to cloture. So it requires 60 votes under the Senate rules to move to cloture uh, for the vast majority of bills uh, that Congress considers. The only exception... Uh, is budget reconciliation, which um, we just saw used to pass Biden's pandemic relief bill. But there are limitations for what can actually go through that process and how often it can be used. So for the vast majority of other topics, Democrats might want to pass some bills about uh, they will be hemmed in by this filibuster rule. And to be clear, like it's I feel like at least when I was growing up or when I used to think about this, I would think that it was like senators would have to talk and talk and talk and talk forever until they tired themselves out, basically. But that's no longer the case. Like they don't actually have to debate, right? It used to be the case that they would have to actually um, try and talk. But the Senate majorities eventually changed that rule. So right now, it's a way to simplify the process to cut off the long, protracted speeches on the Senate floor and and just be like, okay, do you have 60 votes or do you not have 60 votes? And if you have them, you can move forward. And if you don't, you're stuck. Mm-hmm. So let's step back for a second. When and why did the filibuster become a thing? Is it in the Constitution? The filibuster is not in the Constitution. It basically came about as a historical accident related to Aaron Burr, actually, the man who shot Alexander Hamilton, was the vice president of the United States under Thomas Jefferson. And in that role, he was the president of the Senate. So basically, Aaron Burr got rid of a certain rule that the Senate had that he didn't think they needed. And then later on, people realized that without this rule, 
it technically made it possible for senators to block moving ahead on something forever by just continuing debate forever. Burr essentially accidentally opened up this loophole in the rules that other senators later exploited. So it's like an accident that has stuck around. Yes, once it became useful, uh, first, the main reason it became useful was for the civil rights opponents in um, the 20th century. That's when the use of the filibuster really started to ramp up. It was a tool of uh, Southern senators primarily throughout the 20th century. And then it went further into the stratosphere once partisan polarization really reshaped how the Senate worked and made it much more of a Democratic versus Republican showdown all of the time. And then once your party was in the minority, it became much more common, uh, starting a bit under the Senate Democrats under George W. Bush. They started to use the filibuster more often to block certain nominees. And then uh, under Mitch McConnell and the Republican Senate minority, while Barack Obama was president, they're the ones who really made it an omnipresent feature of the Senate that you really can't do anything. This isn't reserved anymore for special issues, matters of grave importance or great controversy. It's just now how the Senate works, that you need 60 votes to do practically any bill. Right. So that is my next question. Democrats have a majority in Congress. Joe Biden is in the White House. What does the filibuster mean for their agenda? So right now, though Democrats control the House and the Senate, uh, they only have 50 senators and they have uh, Vice President Kamala Harris as the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. That means they can approve any nominee they want. And it also means that they can use this special filibuster-proof budget reconciliation process to pass certain measures as they just did for the stimulus bill. But it means that everything else is hamstrung by that 60-vote requirement. So it means either they need to win over at least 10 Republican senators to pass any other bill that doesn't go through budget reconciliation, or they change the rules. The Senate parliamentarian technically gives out rulings for what complies with reconciliation and what doesn't comply. And the most controversial ruling that she gave in this debate over the stimulus bill was that the Democratic proposal to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour uh, did not comply with reconciliation. That could not go in the stimulus. And so now if they want to raise the minimum wage in this manner, they got to get 60 votes for it and they got to get Republicans, essentially. And there are all sorts of other issues that don't neatly fit into the budget that Democrats really think are important. There are issues like voting rights reform, civil rights, potentially police reform, immigration reform. There may be certain things on this topic that you could tailor in such a way as to win the parliamentarian's approval and therefore do through budget reconciliation. But it really limits your options about just what you can do if you have to jump through these hoops. Right. To get a lot of stuff done, Democrats have to change the rules. And I guess my big question is, are Democrats going to change the rules? There is more and more momentum building among Democratic senators for changing the rules in some way. But there are 
a few problems. And really, the names of the problems are Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. And they've said that uh, they believe the 60-vote threshold is important, that it ensures the minority has a voice in almost all legislation, and that they support bipartisanship. And they think it would be bad if the Senate threw out the filibuster requirement and could suddenly do whatever they wanted purely along party lines. And because Democrats only have 50 senators, plus the tiebreaker of Vice President Harris, it means that they can't afford to lose any of them if they want to change the rules. They really got to get every single Democratic senator on board with a rules change. And right now, they just aren't. So the question of whether Senator Joe Manchin and Senator Sinema change their minds on that is is probably the biggest question facing what the Democratic Congress will actually be able to do over the next two years. Well, I guess we'll... uh... We'll see if Democrats can convince either of them to move on it. Thanks so much for talking to me, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Andrew Prokop is a senior politics correspondent at Vox, and you can find him on Twitter at AWProkop. You can find more stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. 